to the Observer Effect, a podcast of travel stories. Each week we hope to bring you a conversation with someone we meet overseas and at least one good story. Episode 72, Three Points of Contact, the Ewok village where Tony became a semi-retired hobo. My Greyhound bus was delayed out of Fort Worth, bound for Dallas, then Oklahoma City to meet Allison. Everyone was angry. One guy leaning on the door kept asking for his pocket knife, which had been confiscated at the last stop. An older woman broke down in tears, standing up front, pleading that whoever had stolen her wallet return it, even if they just wanted to take the money and then throw the wallet into the bathroom where she could find it. A shout from the back answered, Hey, crank up the air. It's hot as hell in here. She did find it later. She let us know. I chose a seat near the front next to the guy with the dog, and a black tattoo curving over his right eyebrow. Just a heads up for anyone listening with kids, this episode includes explicit language. Yesterday, in the London Underground, I saw a quote from Jimi Hendrix on the wall. Wisdom listens. Yeah, man, I rode freight for a long time. Shit, I was on the road for like eight, nine years until me and my wife had a baby, you know? Right. And then we settled down in Humboldt County. So she rode with you? Yeah. Wow. And him. Wow. Wow. Well, at least for the two years he's been alive. Yeah. Yeah. We were riding. We found him because we were traveling. You know, I would have never found him. Yeah. Oh, wait, we, you're talking about Pig. Yeah, yeah. The dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we found him in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. It's kind of cool, actually, because he's going back to where he's from right now. And his son lives in the house that we're moving into so it's like we're and my son is there too so we're both going yeah. to fathers <laughs> reuniting with their kids <laughs> pretty cool I, I like just yesterday thought of that i was like oh shit pig son is there too uh what kind is he i don't know he's some kind of mix i guess yeah he's Brown a mix, white. some kind of mix uh they say there's like black and tan black black and tan coonhound is what the locals out there told me. Okay. But I looked at them too, and they're way taller than he is, and like slimmer, you know. He's a great traveler. He's just so calm. He has oh, a yeah, good sound. He, like, yeah, he knows. He looks he, totally comfortable. Yeah, he's actually a certified service animal. What? Yeah. When you found him, he was or you? No, no. You I, well, him? I found him. He was like that big. Oh my gosh. You know, it was. <laughs> How it was did actually you find really him? sad. Well, we. All right. So story goes, we get on a train on in Richmond, Virginia. We get on a freight train there. We're going south. And we're supposed to be coming to Asheville, right? We roll through to this town called Rocky Mount, which is like probably like in the top five worst places I've ever been to in my life. Like, really? Get there, there's gunshots all night, all types of crazy shit going on. The cops, the cops even told us, you guys should probably get out of here. This isn't a good place. You know, because I, that, the first person I saw was a cop, and I was like, hey, like, is there a store or something here that like we can get water at or whatever? And they like laughed at us like, 
know. Like you guys obviously have been here before. Like this place is terrible. And like I thought that I thought that everything was just closed because it was really late. It turns out that the whole place is just abandoned pretty much, you know, and all the houses and stores are like being lived in by people who still live there, you know? Yeah. Uh, the sun came up and I remember like a door that was leaning against the wall, like just being moved to the side and like 10 homeless people came out of it. It was like crazy. I was like, wow, this place really is like desolate and abandoned. Yeah. And we're sitting there, right? And I'm just like, you ever been like pissed off and you're just staring? Yeah. Off, you know, I'm just sitting there staring off like I can't believe I'm in this shithole right now. And I'm looking down the street and I see his head poke out of a bush, like just look right at us. And I was like, shit, there's a puppy in that bush. And my brother and my wife were with me. And I and they both were like, no, there's not. No, you, you know, because they looked and they didn't see him because he went back in the bush. And I was like, no, there's a puppy in that bush. And I walked, and it was like a quarter mile down the street, you know. I just happened to see the light coming off his eyes, you know, like. So I walk down there and I look and he looks at me and he starts to run, but he was so malnourished and like he couldn't run very. He ran like five feet and fell over and like was trying to get up and he couldn't get up. He had no hair on his body. He had, his whole face was covered in ticks, like big ones too. You know, like they've been on him for a while. He had crazy fleas, crazy mange. Yeah, his stomach was all swollen from worms. You know. Yeah. It was it was real sad. You know we. We thought he was gonna die. We like we for sure were like, oh man, this guy's not gonna make it like another day or two. So we took him in, took him with us. We fed him and gave him water and everything. Like we just wanted to treat him good before he died. You know, because it was like sad. We were like, damn, this puppy's never been loved by anybody before. Someone just threw. It turns out in that town, a lot of people breed dogs. You know, and they just throw the runs out. That's what they do. Wow. It's common. Nobody was surprised when I was like, you know, when I finally got to where like the Walmart and stuff was at, where like people were, <coughs> they're all like, I'm showing them like, oh, I found this dog. Like, how crazy is that? And everyone's like, no, like, yeah, everyone does that here. Like, everyone, they breed dogs, the smallest, runniest ones, they throw them out because no one will buy them. Yeah. And they do it all the time out there. Like, this place was, it was like a jungle almost with the feral animals man like you'd see like packs of like 10 dogs walking down the street they're all street dogs you like see an abandoned house that's like filled with like a hundred cats you know and they're all on the windowsills and there it was like something out of a movie you know yeah so we start feeding him and he pulls through I don't know I guess just giving him love and food man he just pulled through I thought he was gonna die for sure yeah you know? he pulled through and he's been my best friend ever since, man. How old is he now? Like, approximately two years old. Right. When I found him, he was like, when they're like this big, they got to be like a month, you know? Right, yeah. So he could have been, he might have even been younger, you know? And I, that's, they say, everyone out there says he's a black and tan coon hound, and they're bigger, you know? And then also, I, I, when I bring them to vets and tell them the story, they're like, well, he might have stopped growing or not grown as much as he should have because he was so malnourished when he was found, you know? Yeah. So that's a, you know, that's into consideration, too, because his son is bigger than he is, you know? But his son's been right taken care of since he was born. Yeah, yeah. His son was born in Maine. Uh, he had kids with a, a dingo. <laughs> An American dingo is what they call them. They're like these weird, like, blonde, <laughs> slim dogs. I, when the dude told me it was a dingo, I was like... What, like a 
desert dog or something like that, you know, and I looked it up and it turns out it's a real thing. Wow. They're called American Dingoes or uh, Carolina Hounds or something. But they, you know, they're called, yeah. there's no like official name for these dogs. <laughs> like, people call them, depending on where you are, they call them something different. And even when I look it up on the internet, you know, you look up both names, it's the same dog. I'm like, yeah. what the hell is it? You know? I, I'm going to have to devote a whole episode just to Pig. <laughs> <laughs> he's seen, he's two years old. He's seen more than most people have, you know. he's His first birthday, he, <laughs> we like threw him a party. We were in uh, the Chippewa Valley in Wisconsin. And he was like running down the river, chasing <laughs> ducks all day, man. It was cool, you know. And then his second birthday... He was in the Redwoods this this year. Man, that's and, amazing. Uh, you seen that? He's ran with elk in the Grand Canyon, you know? <laughs> all type, like more things. Most people haven't done the shit he's done. Why did you choose the name Pig? Because we found him, right? And as soon as he, like, gained his strength back and was able to play and run around and stuff, it was also dead of dead middle of August in North Carolina, so it was hot as hell, you know? Humid as hell. Every chance he saw mud, he would just dig holes in it, and he would, like, jam his uh, face in it and, like, wiggle under the mud, you know, yeah. and cover his whole body in mud to stay cool. Yeah. And you know, at that point, we didn't have a name for him yet, because we only had him for a day or two, and we were trying to see what he was like before we named him, and I was like, this dog's a pig, man. <laughs> he'll, like, dig a hole in mud, and he'll, like, jam his nose in it, and he'll, like, sniff it, you know, and get mud caught in his nose, and then he starts snorting like a pig. It's funny. He's wild, man. He's wild dog. He's lived his whole life on the road up until this last year. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, before we go too much further, can I ask you to describe yourself for the listeners? What do you look like? So they have a picture in their mind of who they're listening to. <laughs> You're smiling really big now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm a... <laughs> chubby guy with tattoos on my face and and uh, I don't know man <laughs> just the guy I guess <laughs> is, is this uh, a trucker hat is that what you would call it like that's a uh, Union Pacific that's a oh it's a railroad train, hat. yeah railroad company and it's like um, velvet almost on the brim it's leather well this part is leather and this is like it's like corduroy or whatever corduroy yeah yeah, yeah 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 or uh, and do these pins have significance this one right here, that's a CSX unit right there. It's a CSX power unit. That's the first train I ever rode. Wow. It's one of these. This one right here I got from uh, the Norfolk Southern. And uh, the workers there got this for having uh, 10 years without an accident. Wow. Right? And the worker gave it to me. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, shit, where was I? Out, uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania. This one I just got because this is the town I was living in, Eureka, and they have a... This railroad is dead. It's been dead since the 70s. Okay. Because of landslides and stuff, and they it was too expensive to build. And also, the railroad there died when the lumber industry... Because back in the day, like in the 50s, 60s, and even before that, the only reason people were there to begin with was for cutting down trees because they got these redwoods that are like the size of a house you right. know and they could cut that thing down and cut it into like a million pieces and like yeah that was their industry there for before the weed industry in humboldt county it was wood 
and they did that forever and then they got then people start doing lost they're like whoa like you guys are just slaying these redwoods down it's not right which yeah. it isn't you know like, right right you know i mean at the end of the day you need wood to build stuff but you know this you redwood to be forest, about yeah, it. yeah there's got to be regulations on that because like for years they were just cutting down every single redwood they could and yeah. These trees are like they're beautiful, man. Yeah. Monsters. It like and they're blows old. your mind. Yeah, five hundred years trees, old. I mean. Yeah, five hundred year old trees. Like you think about that, like how crazy is that? Like yeah. how many people have come and gone <laughs> and that tree is still standing and growing, you know, that's that's wild. Yeah. Uh and I was gonna ask what the tattoo on your uh face means, but I think I know now. Yeah, I just realized road tracks. Yeah, it's and pretty that, awesome. This is big. Oh my gosh, I hadn't even seen that. <laughs> that's my dog. <laughs> But it's great. The railroad track is just right over your. Yeah, your that's why track. I did it because the railroad, yeah. right? I got that there because of the railroad, and the pig is because that's like the best thing I got out of the road was pig. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, you've been riding freight trains, or you were for eight years. You said. Yeah. Before you settled in Humboldt County in California, yeah. where they, where you grew weed. Yeah. So that's quite a story. I don't even know where to begin. Like, well, I, I started out there not growing weed. I started off just uh, trimming it, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people don't understand that, like, you don't just grow weed and fucking throw it in a bag. Right. You know, it's got a bunch of leaves on it and everything. You got to trim all those off, you know? And it's, act, it's like meticulous work, man. Like, people think, like, you go, they pay you, like, $200 per pound that you trim, yeah. you know? Trim a pound takes like a whole day, which is still good money. You know, making two hundred dollars a day is still good money. You know. Sure. But that's seasonal, so you can't do that like professionally. Like you could do that once a year, twice a year, depending on who you're working for. Because some people will do two runs because they got this thing they do now called light depth, and it's like they uh, trick the plants into thinking time's going faster by oh wow like covering it with blackout tarps so it thinks it's nighttime. You know, so as opposed to, like, you needing to wait 70 days for flowers to be done, you're doing, like, 30, 35. Wow. You know, so, like, some people do three runs. Some two to three runs, you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of weed, man. Yeah. Well, you were telling me the industry is just exploding there, and there's all this innovation and experimentation and all kinds of uses for, doing real cool stuff for marijuana. And They're doing real cool stuff. And, uh, I don't know, I always grew, I grew up... Uh, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, and it's not really a good place, you know, and I was property of the state for most of my childhood, you know? Yeah. Foster homes and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is actually half the reason I hit the road, because I was sick of being there. <laughs> you know, my whole life I was restricted to there because the state owned me, you know? Yeah. And the second I turned 18, I moved to Philadelphia for a little bit, and then met some kids that rode freight trains, and they were like... Yo, anyone could do it. And I was like, I could do it. <laughs> like, yeah, you could do it. <laughs> and I did it, and I fell in love with the railroads, and just couldn't get enough of it. Man, I miss it right now. I'm looking at every time we pass a train, I like sit there and stare at it. Like, there's probably someone on it right now. Yeah, yeah. You have a different understanding than me looking at trains. Like, you have different eyes. Even that. Even not just riding them. You know, like uh, after I started riding them and getting to know like how they work and you know where they go and 
you know, cause certain things are built and put in certain places like this stuff right here. We're, we're near Dallas, you know, we're near a big city. So all these containers right here, yeah, that's like important stuff. That's called an intermodal right there. Okay. It's high priority because it's got electronics and, you know, mail, you'll see like UPS containers on it and stuff. Like it's high priority. That's needs to get to places before everything else. When you see one that's like filled with coal or grain or stuff like that as low priority so that could take forever to get anywhere like these yeah. are the money trains right here that's what you want to get on yeah because that's gone you know uh so many questions so how do you get on a train like <laughs> you can there's all right <laughs> so that there's work? two ways right you can wait for it to stop uh-huh or you can get it on the fly and you know which is dangerous because you know these things are not to be played with you know this thing could rip you in half in a second sure you know and it takes it that's all it takes is one second you know you get pulled under especially when you have a dog and a wife like <laughs> she rode trains for like a year longer than i did you know are you serious? she was one of the ones you know i found out about it and then you know me and her we've been we've been together on and off since we were like teenagers you know wow and there, there was a period of time where we weren't together for like a year and then, you know, we came back to each other, and I was like, what have you been up to? And she was like, I've been riding freight trains. And I was like, dude, like, I was talking to some people about it, like, a month ago. Like, I want to do it. And she was like, well, let's do it, you know? And then we did it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you just jump on when it's on the move? Like, when you catch it on the fly, right, there's, like, a, a rule where three points of contact, you know, so, like, two hands one foot like on there before you get all the way up because you know if you got just two hands on and you're running next to it and trying to jump up and you slip you're gonna fall and you're either gonna get run over or you're just gonna fall you know, you're gonna get hurt either way no matter yeah. what you're gonna get hurt yeah you're either gonna get hurt or die you know some kids uh were on the news like a month ago i remember and it and even these kids like we knew two of there's four kids on a train two of them fell off and got run over and died you know yeah like we knew the two kids we knew one of the kids who died and one of the kids who didn't die and these were both like see you know they're seasoned riders you know they weren't like no new you know, it could happen to anyone man it's just like it takes a split second of not paying attention to what you're doing if you can't count the bolts on the wheels you know yeah if, you know when it's spinning if you can't count them then it's going too fast don't even do it wow because it could go wrong if you can count them you know you're going it's going fast enough you can get up there yeah also practice too man like we used to go to the yard like because you know you got to wait for the right train sometimes you know going it don't it don't always go your way you know like sometimes you got to sit in that yard for like two three days waiting for the right one yeah you know and that's when you practice you know i put all my gear down and just run and jump onto trains while they're moving just you know without the pack and stuff on because that's where it gets sticky you know for sure you got yeah. like 60 70 pounds on your back you know it might feel normal walking around with that but you're running trying to jump onto like a million pounds of steel you know that's not going to stop for you for sure like, yeah you know they don't stop for anything wow wow so, uh, you're on Greyhound bus right now. <laughs> Why aren't you riding the train on your trip? Because it would take 
it would take me probably two weeks to get from the west coast to the east okay, coast. Okay, that right? makes sense. Not only that, you know, you obviously got to worry about law enforcement and stuff like that. They they got railroad police. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that they have that as a thing. Oh, railroad yeah. police. Okay. So you know, like, <laughs> For people like you, <laughs> you see their vehicles. It'll say railroad police, and it'll you know the name of the company. You know BNSF or Union Pacific or CSF, whatever. And uh, some of them even have task forces. You know because people used to rob the trains. You know knowing that like this right here, like right. this container right here, might have like a thousand laptops in it. Right. Yeah. You know, which would be very valuable to someone. Right. You know, trying to steal something like that, especially like that, like China shipping. Right yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. I bet that's full of electronics. Yeah. Well, you, people forget about trains, especially people who don't live near them. They forget that they even still exist. Right. You know? And you gotta understand, like, like this right here, this truck. Yeah. The that semi came that off just came. Right. Right. Like these FedEx things right here, those all came off the train. They they put them on flatbeds on the train uh, that are called. It's actually another reason he's called pig is because they call those pigs, and that's the first one he got on was a pig. Yeah. And they have these little skirts on the side. They call them pigs with wings. Then you can get under there, and nobody can see you under there. Well, that that was my next question. Where are you on the train once you get on? Like, There's aren't those containers locked? I mean. Well, yeah, you're not in them. Okay. You know, you're kind of uh, with those those intermodals. Like, they got different size wells depending on the year that it was made. You know. Yeah. They got uh, 52s, 58s, and. 48. So 48s are the nice ones because you think it's a lower number, it would be smaller. For some reason, they're longer, you know? And there's this little, like the container's right here, and there's like a big space on either side that's just, you know, flat ground, and there's these walls that go up to where the container goes in, and you can sit right down in there and just sit down, no one will see you. And there's, you know, different ride box cars, you know, they're easy as hell to open. None of, none of them are actually locked. There's a tag on it. Okay. A little, like, steel tag around the lock like that. Yeah. So they could identify it and pop it off when they open it. Yeah. You know, it's disposable. And uh, if you could find a railroad spike on the ground, you could pop open a boxcar. Easy. Yeah. You know? And, you know, it's also, like, a thing. Like, you don't want to get onto anything that's low. Usually you look for empty stuff because... They're not looking at that stuff. They're not worried about that. There's nothing you can steal off that. That's what they're usually concerned about is stealing. Yeah. But, you know, no one who rides trains steals anything off them. You know, it's a ride. You know, you got to right. you you gotta gotta respect, respect it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You have to because if you don't, you know, you're gonna, not only are you going to screw yourself over, you're going to screw everybody else over because now they're going to be like, you know, there's towns where, like, it's weird, man, the, the like, culture and the... It's, you know, there's a lot of people that do it. You know, you wouldn't expect it. Usually those people you see walking around with those huge backpacks and shit, like, that's that's what they, they're doing. What do you mean? Like, you ever see... You don't ever see, like, some people walking down the highway with, like, a huge backpack on and a dog, like, okay. near a train yard, you know? That's, that's why they're there. <laughs> they either just got off or they're going to get back on. Yeah. You know? It's great, like... Oh, it takes... No, man, it takes so much stuff everywhere. You know, people forget about trains. They like everything. Most of the shit, you know, this shit right here came in on a train. Right. Most of the area, the parts that they built this thing with probably came on. Matter of fact, I think 
the same company that makes Union Pacific's units makes Greyhound buses too. Really? Yeah. I know one of the companies do. I'm not sure. I don't know which one it is. But yeah, man, I don't know. It's like uh, the community is real tight-knit, you know, because there's like a billion people in this country. And like, you know, everyone who rides trains, you run into each other, you know, because you're in the same areas. For sure. The same stuff, same spots, you know. And there's there's a book. It's, a, it's called The Crew, Crew Change Guide. It's written by hobos for hobos, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not an actual published book. Like, you gotta know people to get it. Yeah. You gotta know someone who has one and you can go into Staples and copy it, you know? Right. <laughs> copy the whole thing. Is it online now? Has someone digitized it? It's online, yeah. yeah. It's not supposed to be, but it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's another thing with a lot of people. Uh, back, back when I started, it was a lot easier. It's getting harder and harder every year to ride trains because the security and the police that do that like they're getting more advanced with it they're catching more people people are putting people putting the crew change online so then the cops could download it also and right. read it and be like oh this is where they wait for the train or oh right. this is where they know that we don't go here so that's where they wait you right know? and right. then they read that and they're like all right we're gonna wait there now and now right. everybody gets busted you know in certain places if you get caught they're just gonna kick you off and that's it Certain, but other places they'll put your ass in jail. Yeah. And there's certain places in this country that, you know, it, that's a scary thing, especially with the dog, because, you know, for me, I don't, like you lock me up for ten days, it's nothing. You know, whatever. I'll, it's ten days. Who cares? But there's certain states where they'll hold your dog in the pound, and they, you know, a lot of states like Alabama. Even North Carolina, though, if your dog's in the shelter for more than a week, they're going to euthanize it, you know? So if you're in jail for 10 days, and, you know, your dog's in jail for 10 days also because you are, and you can't cut, and, you know, you can't call someone to be like, yo, come get the dog, because, you know, people do that before. We've done that before. My A friend of mine's dog got locked up because he got locked up, and, you know, they're going to euthanize that dog in seven days if nobody claimed it, so we road train to Mobile, Alabama just to pick up my friend's dog so they wouldn't kill him. It's a rescue mission. Yeah, yeah. And then we waited in town until he got out of jail. Like, here's your dog, man. Like, wow. They were going to kill him. <laughs> it's crazy, man. They kill dogs like crazy in the South. Really? Yeah, especially like pit bulls and stuff. Most kids got pit bulls because they're uh, common and not a lot of people want them, you know? Yeah. Uh-oh. Bus almost didn't stop. <laughs> you said you've been coming since San Francisco for two days so since far. Since Arcada, yeah. Since Arcada. And, this bus uh, in San Francisco. This okay. Is 660. Gotcha. Evil bus. And it stopped this morning for like, for like an hour. Yeah. An hour on the side of the road. It broke yeah. down twice. They, every driver that's come on here has made a comment about how this is an old bus. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, the new one's got, like, outlets right here. Right, right, right. So this one's got them over here. Right. Yeah. So, you, uh, you've you had some run-ins with the with authorities. You've had encounters. What, any interesting stories there? I mean, do you have a... Or do some of them have a nice relationship with you? Like, they're understanding? Oh, some of them I mean, are cool. You, you'll meet sometimes the railroad police are cool. And it's not even just them. Even the workers that work in the yard. 
some of them are really cool and they'll help you out like i we've rolled up and like you know when a train sides out and waits for clearance you know and there's a worker walking by you know your first reaction is to hide like oh shit he's gonna see me sometimes they see you and they're just like oh you guys thirsty you hungry like you know and they'll go wow. over to the little work cooler that they have and they'll come over one time we were riding by, right, and I seen him walk all the way out there after he saw us, and he didn't say anything, and I was like, he's going to tell on us right now. <laughs> and we started moving, and I see him, and he's looking back at us, and he sees the trains moving, he starts running, and he goes to the cooler, and he just starts throwing these Gatorades in a bag, and these, like, sandwiches, you know, yeah. he took a pack of smokes out of his pocket and threw it in there, and as we were rolling by, he just threw it at us. Then <laughs> <laughs> I, like, lean off, I'm like, thank you, and he just, like, threw me a thumbs up, you know, it's like, damn, that's cool, this guy... Back in the see, here's the thing too about it. Back in the day, like Great Depression, when people first started doing that, people started riding trains back then to find work elsewhere because right the depression hit the country real hard, and that was the beginning of hobos, right? That's the difference between a hobo and a tramp. But tramps don't work. You know, gotcha. Hobos, where I've done seasonal work all over the country. You know, like I picked blueberries in Maine. I worked many state fairs. You know. It was just funny, every time I work at State Fair, they put me on the train ride. Like, I'm the guy putting all the little kids on that little train that goes in a circle. <laughs> That's perfect. It is, you know, it is so funny. That's what, they always put me on that because they're like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, I just got off the train. And they're like, all right, you work the train. You know, and wow. I've done all types of stuff. I've worked, uh, obviously, I've been coming out to Humble for like six years because the seasonal work is good. You can't beat that, you know, you go out there for two months and you leave with like 10 grand it's like it's nice you know i yeah i recommend it personally you know so maybe that, not that's so how you much got started it. there it used to be yeah yeah i started meeting people there it used to be way easier like you could go there a complete stranger and like have a cardboard sign that says need work and get picked up right away but you know since times are changing they kind of they're kind of hostile towards outsiders now yeah you know it's weird because the industry blew up the way it did and back then it was just them doing it and they were making all the money they were having like you know five hundred thousand dollar years you know yeah and now everybody's out there doing this they're pissed like yo like they're taking all of our shit away from us and it's getting harder for them to get rid there's obviously still a black market aspect of it you know everybody is growing in compliance you know but they're not getting rid of it all in compliance and they're obviously growing more than they're telling everyone they are right legally you know right right so the black market aspect that's that's like the dangerous bit of it because you know once you get involved in that like uh, illegal money like that is when it gets sticky like that yeah people will fight over it you know and out there like i said there's not really many police so like you know it could go real wild but yeah yeah i know people that have traveled up there in like a you know a bus or a van you know you know like school bus hippies and shit you know they go up there to work on a property and like something goes wrong and they burn their bus to the ground and tell them to get the hell off the property and they're gonna shoot them you know Jeez. and now you're stuck because like you're two hours up into a mountain away from town you know and now you gotta walk all the way down try to hitchhike or something Jeez. and everybody from there doesn't like you because you're not from there yeah you know and they think you're there stealing work from them it's weird. I had no idea. <laughs> it's, it's intense out there, man. Like, it, it used to be a lot more peaceful. But with with the industry blowing up the way it is, it's just becoming way different. Yeah. You know, people are getting stingy. 
they feel like there's not enough to go around, which there totally is, man. Like, that's not what the plant's about, you know? The plant's not a... A lot of people up there doing it don't even smoke weed themselves at all. Right. It's just money to them. Right, right, it's right. It's a cash crop, you know? For me, I went up there because, like I said, I grew up in the state, and, like, you know, when I grew up as a, a state property, like, they diagnosed me as like bipolar and all this nonsense right which i never believed to be true you know i was a kid who was taken away from home right so i was depressed because they took me away from you know school and my friends and yeah you know my family and everything and they're like oh like you're manically depressed you're bipolar i'm like no i'm just pissed off that y'all fucking put me in here man like it's not that hard to understand you know you took me away from everything how old were you when they took you away 13 wow that's the wrong age not no age is right but no I mean, age that, is, right. that is yeah. a bad age well even that like i still didn't have as bad some some kids are born into it right you know some kids are born into it and they stay into it until they're an adult and then by the time they turn 18 they're so mentally fucked you know it's you know yeah what what do you do at that point you know and those a lot of i don't know it's a real it's a real weird thing because they like say that they're trying to help you but they're doing the opposite yeah. in the long run you yeah know, when you think of like the mental development of a kid you know yeah you know it's and it, that's what got me in to like like i, I love weed man like I, it's always it's i think it's a you know it's put here for a reason you know yeah not only just like the getting high aspect like the whole healing it's you know they yeah. should have been looking into this a long time ago because it might have been way better now you know it's it's good now you know they got these like i've had uh i broke my ankles when i was a kid and like every time it rains my ankles swell up yeah it hurts real bad you know and i started taking this uh it's called sweet jane it's like a tincture you know like do a dropper full in the morning and one before you go to bed and it's the best anti-inflammatory i've ever used in my life you know yeah. and it's just cbd and a and a, a solvent to get it out of the plant that's it yeah There's no chemicals no nothing you know yeah and it works it works but you know and they want to prescribe people all these paint that's why this country's got such a bad heroin problem is because they're so quick to be like oh you're in pain take these opiates take them here bam and everyone gets addicted to opiates because they're prescribed it and then they the prescription gets taken away and then they're like shit i right. need these opiates right so what do they do they go to heroin right because essentially percocet you know oxycontin all those opioids essentially they're heroin yeah you know, that's what it is so it's, you know they could call it whatever they want but that's what it is right you know it's I was, I was talking about something that veered off from me. That's okay. I like I like oh, okay. tangents. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the reason I got into marijuana yeah, 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 yeah. I did, right? They let me, when they had me in the state, in the shelters and everything, they diagnosed me, all that stuff. Started giving me all these pharmaceuticals, you know? Depakote, Adderall, Seroquel, all these, you know, psych meds, you know? And I, I believe they made me worse. Yeah, you know, like sure. I, they had when they had me on Seroquel, they gave me that, and like I would take 200 milligrams in the morning and 200 at night, and the stuff. And every time I took it, like hours later, I'd be like zombified, you know. And that was their definition of like, oh, this kid was really hyper, but now he's not. Like, well, yeah, now I'm not because you drugged me, and now I'm like can't keep my eyes open. Like, that didn't fix me. You just kind of made me stupid for 10 hours now. 
Yeah. And then as soon as it starts to fade away, they give me more, and I'm, you know. <laughs> and not only that, like the health problems with that, like nowadays they're coming. You know, I see all these commercials for these lawsuits and stuff. Like people are, it, it messed a lot of people up. Yeah. You know, this. I I remember one point they sent me from the they sent me to a program right from the shelter because <laughs> they do they like think you're troubled so you go here until they find you placement for somewhere to get treated they send you there and I got sent to this place they took my blood work when I got there and everything and they called the shelter back like hey you guys gotta come get this guy like this is a liability on us because we're scared this kid's gonna die and they were like why they're like is you know my thyroid levels were crazy high my blood pressure was crazy low and it turned out it was because of this Depakote shit. And then years later, I'm seeing it on the TV. They're talking about this Depakote stuff has, like, destroyed people's bodies, you know? Like, people yeah. have thought people are, like, like their thyroids got all messed up and they became, like, crazy obese and everything. Jeez. And it's not coincidental. There was a point in time when I was a teenager that I was, like, 350 pounds. Wow. And I never <laughs> thought anything of it. I just yeah. thought, like, oh, I just eat too much. I'm just a fat kid, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it turns out that it was because of this Epico that one oh specifically gosh. made me gain all that weight. Jeez. And I lost it all the second I stopped taking it. Jeez. You know, I stopped taking it, and I lost that weight in, like, a year. It's just horrible. <laughs> this is the pharmaceutical industry, man. It's, it's, you know, I don't know. It's kind of designed that way. It's designed. There's a reason all that shit's called treatment. Because, you know, it don't cure you. Right. Right. It treats you. Right. For now. Right. You know, so you can keep coming back and getting it. Right. It's sick, man. It's it's messed up. I it's agree. also a part of the reason I started riding trains and living like a nomadic life is because I was just so disgusted by, like, society, you know, like, yeah. stuff like that. There's good people out there. There is. Sure. But the majority, you know... It's sad to say, but the majority of people, you know, nobody cares about anything but themselves and nobody wants to look into anything deeper because they just want to believe what they're told, you know? You think because because a dude on the TV said it, it's true. They wouldn't say it on TV if it wasn't true. But, like, you know, <laughs> it's not, you know? Like, come on, man, if you pay attention, you know? Yeah. If you pay attention and, you know, don't just listen to everything they say and do your own research, like, you find out... A lot of scary stuff, man. Well, you know, pharmaceutical industry, that, that one's, like, one of the ones that I hate the most because it's so personal to me, you know, like, they right. did that to me. And, you know, back then, my mom was too, she she was naive and didn't understand, because she thought I was really troubled, too, because I, I was, you know, when I was a kid, I was kind of wild, you know. Yeah. But, you know, kids get like that, so, you know, I'm a kid, dude, like. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, it was, it's like a weird thing, like, she thought... She didn't put me into any of that stuff thinking that it was going to go as far as it did, you know, because it started off with her sending me to, like, a psychiatrist, and then the psychiatrist was like, this kid needs better help than I can give him. And she was like, are you sure? And they were like, yes, we're professionals, believe us. So yeah. she was like, okay, like, I just want him to be better, and it just kind of made it worse. And then years and years go by, and before, before she passed away, she, like, told us, she was like, I'm sorry that I ever gave them the okay to take it because none of it worked. Yeah. You know, like, it just made me worse, dude. It's, <laughs> all it did was made me worse. Well, you the seem, second I stopped doing all that stuff, I was fine. Like, yeah, you nowadays, seem great now. I mean, hell now, you know. Well, so that's my big question always. How 
How did riding the trains change you? It's just the, oh, it's the freedom of it, you know? For me, it was always like... Uh, well, here, first things first. When you get on a train, you see stuff that nobody sees. You go through parts of the country that don't have highways, don't have streets. You go through a lot of, like, BLM land, stuff like that. You see, like, the sides of this country that nobody's seen. Also, it's eye-opening for... You know, I've always been about, like, uh, you know, I, I guess truth, you know, finding the truth of certain matters, you know? Yeah. Like, this, oh, man, America is crazy because, like, you know, if you don't live on one of the coasts or in, like, Chicago, like, Midwest, like that, most of this country is desolate. There's nothing. There's nothing out there. You know, and, like, there's, it don't make sense to me because, like, this country has the highest homeless rate in the whole world. And like, but they got all this land that has nothing on it at all, you know? Yeah. Which don't make sense to me either, but you see, I don't know, you see things that people don't see. Like, a lot of people don't think that that problems are, that certain problems are going on in this country, but like, there's a lot of towns that were left for dead in this, you know, country, you know? Like, that town I found him in, back in the day, there was a gold rush. You know, there's a lot of towns in this country like that. There's a gold rush, so everybody moved there to work in the mines and everything. And they did that until, you know, the gold dried up. And the state pulled all of its funds out of that place after that. So, like, well, you guys are not profitable anymore, so we're not going to help you. Yeah. The whole town got, you know, struck, you know, poverty struck like crazy. Everybody lost their jobs because everything got taken out. People didn't even bother to sell their houses picked up and left because it got that bad that quick jeez you know and that's why the whole town is covered in abandoned houses it's everybody left nobody gave a shit to like try to liquidate their assets no they were like oh no it's going downhill too fast we gotta go yeah and there's a lot of places like that you know at least i'm (laughs) at least i don't have it that bad yeah there's a lot of people out here too that's a lot of that's another thing about riding trains that like intrigued me so much is like the people you meet out there are like this is a minimalist culture you know like we live outside you know? yeah and like and we enjoy it <laughs> you know people <laughs> think like oh these poor homeless people like no man i'm having the time of my life you know like you know i stop somewhere i work for a month and then i get back on the road for a month and i stop somewhere at work for two weeks and get back on the road for another month you know meet people from all over the place I could that's how I'm able to go like I got a job in North Carolina waiting for me because I've been there and worked before and I hit them up like yo I'm moving to Charlotte can I work with you guys and they were like hell yeah you know so I got a job already and only because and I wouldn't have had that job if it wasn't for riding trains you know right I got I rolled through there on freight train like five years ago worked for them rolled through two years later worked for them again so they know I could work you know right that's a misconception about it too. Well, it's not really a misconception because you meet a lot of kids who don't work and just fly signs like for money. Right. But that shit ain't like. Oh, it's just not for me, you know. Right. I'm not trying what? to beg people for shit. Like I want to go earn it. Like that's. I feel like when you beg people for shit, it's like you're losing right. the freedom that you're looking for anyways. Because now you have to rely on the people you're trying to escape. Right. And that's not what it's about. Uh, I think we're getting close, so I, I want to ask. Uh, for your best travel story <laughs> before we get there. <laughs> Shoot, I don't know. Probably this last year I rode the whole High Line across the country, you know, so it's like through 
from the Highline starts in Chicago, and then it goes through Wisconsin and North Dakota, Montana, just a little bit of uh, Wyoming, and then into Washington. And it was the, I don't know. It was like a, it was the first time I did the whole thing in its entirety, you know. Yeah. Without veering off of it, like I did the whole thing. Like I've done it before, where I've gone this way and then that way, or like this way and then that way, whatever, you know. But I did the whole thing in its entirety, and it, I don't know. It was just like the most beautiful. That ride is like the most beautiful. It's like blissful, you know. Like you see that stuff. It doesn't look real, you know. When you ride through like uh, Glacier Park in Montana and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just I don't know. It, this, this country is like uh, getting kind of shitty, but when you see that those parts of it, it like reignites your like uh, faith and love for the place. You know, it's, it's like just yeah. beautiful, man. Like, so I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily really have a best no, travel that's, story. That's you know what I mean? Because but, like it was like one long trip. You know? Right. Well. I do want to ask one more thing. Tell me, tell us about the Ewok Village. You already <laughs> told me, but let's get it on tape. <laughs> All right, so they filmed Return of the Jedi. They filmed it in the Redwood National Forest. And apparently they never took it down. So, like, <laughs> if you hike up there, it's like five, six miles up there into the hills. And, you know, just ask locals that you see up there, like, Where's the Ewok village? And none of them were going to be like, what? What are you talking about? They're all going to be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's something that, you know, go up this way. You're going to see this and go that way. And you go up there and you look at it and it looks the same as it did in the movie, except it's got more moss and stuff on it now, you know, because it's old. Yeah. But it's still there. And you can go there and you can hang out. You can go into the huts and you can walk on the, you know, catwalks and stuff. It's, it's and you said there's people it's, living there's there There's people now? living in it. Yes, there's people who live in the Ewok village. I guess you could consider them Ewoks. You know, that's what I would call them, you know. Where you live in the Ewok village, you're an Ewok. And you went there. I went there. Oh it gosh. was cool. And it was, like, really... It was so... It, the reason it was so cool is because I love Star Wars, you yeah. know. And, like, just, like, when people told me it was up there, I, at first I was like, I'm not a local, so they're just messing with me, you know, like a lot of people do that a lot right. people mess with you if you're not from somewhere a lot really. you know I thought people were messing with me and sure enough it's there man it's there you can see it the people that live there are friendly and you know they're just stoked to see you seeking that at all you know like oh man it's so cool you came up here to see my house they don't they're not they don't think they're not like oh you came up here to see you all like oh you came to see my house man it's so cool let me show you around you know like check this out like you know this is where you know this is where they did the speed racing scene like you know well that's that's at the end when they were all celebrating and stuff you know this is where they all were like and you look at it and you're like damn that's really it like it's crazy like I felt like a little kid again. It's like, oh my god, this is amazing. Well, thank you so much for telling me all these stories. I mean, this is hey, it's beyond words. I've never like, been interviewed before, man. That was kind of cool. You know? Awesome. <laughs>Thank you so much to Tony for trusting a stranger with his stories and making time fly on Greyhound. Warm wishes to you and your family starting out fresh on the East Coast. Thank you to Dana Boulay for her music, and thank you for listening.
like a dream. Like I, I was vaguely aware of this kind of thing, and I thought one day I'm gonna meet someone that's it's, done it's this. There, you know, like man. people still do it, but it's just getting harder every year. They got drones and stuff now, so like, it's it's wild, man. The times have changed. Yeah. Back in the back in the day, it used to be a uh, good luck to have a hobo on your train. Yeah. Like the conductor and the engineer, it was good luck. So like they'd see you get on the train, and they'd be like, great. That's like, good luck. Where like you're gonna get to where you're going on time and safely. Right. Because a hobo's on your train and that's good luck. But now it's not a thing anymore. Yeah. And only the old heads remember that, you know. So if you meet a guy who's been working for the railroad for his whole life, he'll remember that. And those are the ones that are cool to you. Yeah. You know.